and welcome to another episode of The Good Night Show with me, Daniel Van Kirk. I am glad that you are here. It is Tuesday, May 19th, around 12 a.m., Rochelle Standard Time. Um, we got a good show for you because on Tuesdays, we take a look back at pop culture history, all the events and anniversaries that are being celebrated, some birthdays as well, and then we dig into one topic and talk about that a little bit more in a really fun way. But I couldn't do any of that without my producer, Noah Eberhardt. Noah, good night and welcome to the show. Hey, Dan, good night. Uh, I got my falernum in the mail, so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Your what? I got my falernum. What's a falernum? Falernum is a type of uh, syrup. It's used in tiki drinks a lot. It's uh, it's you know it's sugary. It's got kind of ginger, lime, uh, clove, allspice. Sounds like it would go good it. with a so, peanut butter whiskey. Oh yeah, actually that's a great idea. I might try that. <laughs> might be a little bit too sugary, but if go I can get something it. to balance out that sugar. Noah, uh, you're an explorer. You are a look <laughs> a liquor explorer. You're yeah. I, <laughs> you're the Indiana Jones of the mixology world. Yeah, the Falernum should be in a museum. Uh, <laughs> this should be in a museum. Um, <laughs> you know what that is if you know what that is. Hey, I want you, if you're listening to this show, to be a part of it. So contact us at 609-955. That's 609-644-4855. Or email me at thegoodnightpod at gmail.com. With that number, like I said, you can text, you can leave a voicemail, or you can email me, and you can do that to uh, tell me about all the positive stuff happening in your world, or ask me a sex and relationship advice question, or recommend something I should be entertained by because it is entertaining you. There's so many things that you can do with that information, but I hope you use it, and I would love it if it helped you, if you want to, become a part of the show. All right, as I said, it is pop culture history, so every week we dig in to um, kind of like everything that's uh, being remembered throughout the pop culture of America and the world as a whole. Let's go right now by starting out on Monday, May 18th. On May 18th, 2001, uh-oh, Shrek debuted in the U.S. The film had a long journey before being made. The rights to William Steig Stieg's book was produced by Steven Spielberg and uh, purchased, or rather, by Steven Spielberg in 1991. He originally planned to produce a traditionally animated film based on the book, but was convinced to bring the film to the newly founded DreamWorks in 1994. Here's something that I already knew about this, but maybe some people don't. Chris Farley was originally cast as the voice of the title character. Yeah, he was going to be Shrek. Recording nearly all of the required dialogue after Farley died in 1997, before the work was finished, Mike Myers stepped in to voice the character, which was changed to a Scottish accent in the process. The film was intended to be motion captured, but after poor results, the studio scrapped that idea. All that time and work paid off, though. Shrek enjoyed great commercial commercial and critical success spawned multiple sequels became a pop culture phenomenon and was a the first film to win the oscar for best animated feature which i imagine was probably also the first year they did that right, right. yeah because i mean beauty and the beast would easily have won well yeah, snow beauty white the would beast have was actually won. nominated, nominated for, best for best picture yeah, yeah that's my point like that would have easily won so um it, it, that was the first year it existed, and they were the first ones to win it. Kind of like when um, Metallica didn't win. Uh, was it like was it heavy metal? What was the Grammy called? I, I'm not exactly. I think sure. the Grammy's called like. I, I bet someday we'll hit the anniversary of that. But the Grammy is like best heavy metal band or something like that. 
Grammy Award. Somebody's yelling at their phone. Don't worry. I, I got the sentiment right. Uh, and they gave it to Jeff, Jethro Tull. Uh, did yeah. you know uh, Metallica's Black Album came out the day I was born? Ooh, you're metal, album. dude. No, yeah. you're metal. Hardcore, hardcore. Uh, Tuesday, May 19th. On May 19th, 1989, Spike Lee's groundbreaking film Do the Right Thing premiered at Cannes. Lee apparently wrote the Oscar-nominated screenplay in only two weeks after watching the Alfred Hitchcock Presents episode Shopping for Death. In 1999, the film was was deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress in its first year of eligibility and was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. That's so cool. Ten years later, on May 19, 1999, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace was released in the U.S. The film was George Lucas's first directorial effort in t- after a 22-year hiatus following Star Wars in 1977. He received mixed reviews, but nonetheless, it grossed more than $924.3 million. That is equivalent to $1.42 billion in, in 2019, so it's even more for us now. Uh, it is... Uh, it became the highest grossing film of 1999. I don't know about where Star Wars falls into other than its cultural re- relevance, but you know, 1989 is like viewed as one of the greatest film years I've ever. And so is 89, right. oddly enough. Um, I feel like right at the end of decades, people are like, let's, all right, let's put out the good stuff. Wednesday, May 20th is my brother Vance's birthday. Plus, on May 20th, 1944, English rocker Joe Cocker was born in Sheffield, Yorkshire. His given name was John, and according to differing family stories, Cocker received his nickname of Joe either from playing a childhood game called Cowboy Joe or from a local window cleaner named Joe. His iconic cover of Beatles, A Little Help from My Friends, became the theme song for the TV series, The Wonder Years, and it's so good. It's so good. Two years later, on May 20th, 1946, Cheryl Sarkeesian? Cheryl Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian was born in El Centro, California, better known as Cher. The goddess of pop is the only artist to date to have a number one single on Billboard's charts in six consecutive decades from the 60s to the 2000s. Do you believe in love? Thursday, May 21st. Guess what? On May 21st, 1952, Lawrence, how do you say it? I think Turode. I would go with that too. Turode was born in Chicago, Illinois, great city. Better known today as Mr. T, the son of a minister and the youngest of 12 children. He, in 1970, legally changed his name to Mr. T, to just T. His new name, Mr. T, is based upon his childhood impressions regarding the lack of respect from the white people, uh, for from white people for his family. He also... Um, he bought like this gorgeous like estate in Lake Forest outside of Chicago and then tore down all the trees. And it, wow, and the place is called Lake Forest, like it's known for its trees. A lot of yeah, people, yeah, I, I have cousins who live there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh. Yeah, he killed every single tree. Here's something a little more serious, though. He said, I think about my father being called boy, my uncle being called boy, my brother coming back from Vietnam and being called boy. So I questioned questioned myself, what does a black man have to do before he's given the respect as a man? So when I was 18 years old, when I was old enough to fight and die for my country, old enough to drink, old enough to vote, I said I was old enough to be called a man. The self-ordained Mr. Uh, so I self-ordained myself Mr. T so that the word out of everyone's mouth is Mr. That's a sign of respect that my father didn't get, that my brother didn't get, that my mother didn't get. 
little deep. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know, that. know that either. On May 22nd in 1992, Johnny Carson stepped down as host of The Tonight Show. In tribute to Carson and his enormous influence, several networks ha- that had late-night variety talk shows went dark for the entire hour that he did the last show. The Tonight Show finally won the Emmy for Outstanding Late Night Series after 13 tries later that year. Um, Carson is just like... You, you know what? This word, I think... I'm not that it gets thrown around a lot, but I, I think it gets thrown around more than it merits. He he is literally an institution. And I recommend mm-hmm. uh, anybody who's half interested in him or that era of television or just kind of uh, historical zeitgeist sort of things, uh, read the book Carson that was written by his lawyer. It is very, very, very good. Very good. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to remember some of our favorite things by digging in to one of these topics a little bit more. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with animated movies. All right, we'll be right back. We have an ad from a listener and check this out because it's called Lost Capital Foods. Lost Capital Foods creates fermented hot sauces and mustard in small batches from as much Minnesota source produce as possible. Their chef and CEO accepted the challenge to create tasty condiments with a low sodium content. Not only does fermentation bump up the flavor, it also packs the sauces with healthy probiotic bacteria to keep your gut happy while you enhance your quarantine cuisine. Shipping is available available nationwide so find lost capital foods on instagram or go for broke and visit lostcapitalfoods.com that's l-o-s-t-c-a-p-i-t-a-l-f-o-o-d-s.com lostcapitalfoods.com and check out their online store today and guess what if you use the code gimme shelter g-i-m-m-e-s-h-e-l-t-e-r gimme shelter at checkout you will receive 40 percent off your order that's gimme shelter at checkout for 40 percent off your order from lost capital foods and lostcapitalfoods.com okay we are back and we are going to be talking about the academy awards best animated feature winner ranked and this comes to us, I believe, from GQ, which is a pretty good magazine. I like it. It has. It says here that um, they are ranking the movies from two decades ago. The category of Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature didn't exist. But Shrek, everyone's favorite ogre, took home the inaugural award in 2002. We already covered that. Before that, animated movies didn't get much respect at the Oscars, kind of like Mr. T, only in a much more trivial way. In fact, Beauty and the Beast was the only animated movie ever to be nominated for Best Picture. Wait, what about... Uh, with? And with with one-off exceptions like The Nightmare Before Christmas, um, 1993's Best Visual Effects nomination, what about Snow White? Didn't Snow White get nominated for Best Picture? I think it was uh, Snow White was given a kind of like ceremonial Oscar that wasn't quite in the same category or something like that. Okay. Well, let's dig into this and uh, see where they have ranked. I think they have 18 ranking. Maybe that's all of them for the time when this was written. Uh, but anyway, yep. they have 18 
uh, movies that they've ranked here as the best at this point nominated for uh, best picture or winning or best animated feature. Number 18, Happy Feet. Never seen it. Have you seen it, Noah? I have, but it's been a long time. I enjoyed, I think I enjoyed it, but I was also like 15 when it came out. So. Yeah. A jukebox style, March of the Penguins. This, this was like this era where it's like, there was like four Penguin movies out. Yeah. March of the Penguins. Is, uh, is Robin Williams in this movie? Sometimes I, I feel like he is. I'm not sure. Uh, a jukebox style March of the Penguins with tap dancing covers an eclectic group of songs sounds like it should be a gimmicky nightmare. But I was, I will say this for Happy Feet. It is unfathomably better than it should be. Happy Feet taps into a real kinetic energy that makes even the most baffling music numbers entertaining. And there's a nice environmentalist message in the third act. This is the biggest run-on sentence I've ever read, which features a twist and some humans who apparently visited Antarctica from their home in the Uncanny Valley. Okay, they wrote a paragraph in one sentence. Shots fired. Yeah, I don't... I mean, come on, GQ. What are you doing? All right, number 17, Brave, a Disney princess who's a badass, although in some ways they all are, with the exception of Cars, which earned enough money uh, in toy sales that everyone was willing to give Pixar a pass, Brave was the first movie of the acclaimed studio that made everyone seem to agree it was pretty good rather than a Toy Story or up like Masterpiece. I liked Brave. I thought it was pretty good. Are you a Brave fan? If you had the chance to change your fate, would you? Well, that's pretty good, Noah. Yeah, I. Uh, that's my one... Uh, I can do that one line from the trailer. But I, I, I liked Brave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 16, they have Rango. Never seen Rango. Johnny Depp, right? I didn't right? see it either. Isn't it Johnny Depp? It is. Um, it says it's a Western with deliberate fear and loathing in Las Vegas vibes. Well, that could you get your depth. Um, but marked, uh, marketed mainly towards children, so the intended audience is confused as Johnny Depp's eccentric main character. You have to wonder, who is this for with, uh, <laughs> with Rango? And while the film doesn't come up with the answer, you've got to admire how gonzo it is. That kind of makes me want to check it out. Yeah. It looks weird. Um, yeah, the animation looks a little like not super like kid friendly. Kid friendly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, number fifteen, the person, uh, the f- person, the 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 project that kicked it all off is Shrek. It says uh, after twenty years, Shrek is a punchline. It's funny because Shrek feels like Smash Mouth, which is right. you know what I mean. Like it feels of that time. Like it. It's no wonder that because that's that's the Smash Mouth song is like prominent in the movie, right? It is. It's in the opening, but that song had been out for a couple of years. I remember the song was already out in like when I was in like third grade, and that was a couple of years before that. Like, yeah. I don't know. All right, now here's where things start to get controversial. Number fourteen, Frozen. Frozen is a great movie. It like, is. I don't. I mean, what do they say here? You won't hear a bad word about Let It Go, a truly amazing all-time classic Disney song. Uh, Let that song go, though, and you'll find the rest of the movie doesn't have nearly the same power. Elsa and Anna, or Anna, are great modern addition to Disney's princess roster. The subversive take on the love at first sight is appreciated, and Hans is a shockingly relevant villain in the era of toxic masculinity. Despite how hard it tries, Frozen still feels stuck in an early era of Disney movies, and reinvention can only thaw tradition so much. Yeah, you're great at puns. We get it. I'm starting to become very angry with whoever wrote this, just as (laughs) stylistic. 
stylistically and also opinions wise as well because i think frozen is way better than number 14 especially when you get into the whole like you know that like uh disney animated universe where there's a theory that their parents died going to the wedding of right uh prince eric and uh, ariel right yeah yeah it all ties together number 13 wallace and gromit the curse of the were rabbit never seen it but i've heard that it is great have you seen it same i've not seen it i i loved wallace and gromit growing up but this one i did not see either number 13 toy story three okay at first i said i thought it was just toy story and i was like you people are nuts uh toy story three is great but the um it didn't rip me apart like so many people like where they feel like they're facing death. I don't know why. It I didn't it didn't uh like I didn't lose anything from it. It's just it wasn't as hit me as hard as so many people felt sure. traumatized by for some reason. So, uh, but I guess I'm glad for that. Maybe I just have my own issues. Uh number 11 Big Hero 6, great movie. N- no business being ahead of Frozen though. Um <laughs> but it's fun. It's a it's a it's a great it's a great movie. Number 10 Finding Nemo. Another great. I mean, we're, we all won the Oscar, so I'm going to keep saying great film. I, we get it. But uh I really love Finding Nemo. It feels like it takes you to a place and I I love ocean stuff. Number mm. 9 Ratatouille. Noah, feelings? You know, I've only seen it once or twice and it it was good, but it it's not not my favorite on this list you know what i've never seen it really yeah i've never seen ratatouille and i feel like that's a big oversight like i whether it's great or just good uh i definitely feel like i should have seen it but i haven't um number eight zootopia there's a moment when you watch zootopia for the first time when you go oh it's a metaphor for racism (laughs) to oh wow it's really a metaphor for racism this movie was very very good um I, I did not see it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, man. It's smart. It builds a whole world. It feels fully realized. It's kind of got a like Chinatown vibe to it. I, I highly recommend Zootopia. Is it better than Frozen? No. Number seven, The Incredibles, a really, really fun movie. I didn't love the sequel as much. People thought that was great. I thought it was good, but uh, The Incredibles is a super fun movie and kind of taps into that thing when you're a kid and your imagination is just rife with like, if I had special powers, what could I do? I think that it is a great like escape movie. I'm so glad we haven't gotten to, I hope my favorite one is on here. Number six, Coco. Oh, man. Coco is beautiful and heavy. It hits all of the Pixar chords. It says Coco explores the afterlife, the meaning of family, and a rich culture that rarely sees this type of blockbuster representation without missing a beat. I mean, the song Remember Me Alone, I feel like I want to listen to right now. It's so good. Yeah, Number five, fantastic. Up. Ooh, controversial. Why? Because... I- I think did we talk about this about how like the the first ten minutes are like fantastic and then it's the okay, yeah, and then it's fine, right? I Who agree even with remembers that. what's going on? Yeah. yeah, no, I kind of agree with that. It's really, really good, as what I you know I could say about so many of these movies, especially when you're talking about Pixar. But yeah, I think that opening ten minutes is so it like hurts in such a beautiful way that you're thankful for the next 90 or so 
when you aren't feeling that sad anymore. So everything sure. is like great. It's like when uh, like the ship is sinking in Titanic. I'll never forget this. I, like Rose and Jack are trying to get out of a room that's filling up with water and Jack makes a joke and things are so scary and so heavy. The joke is not that great, but I worked in a movie theater at the time and every time that joke would be delivered, it would crush but it's because yeah, it needs attention. <laughs> right. And so this is in the reverse of that. Maybe you're uh maybe you got a good point there, my man. Um let's go. Here it is. My favorite Pixar film of all time, Wally. A semi-silent post-apocalyptic love story with an environmentalist message that is, in all honesty, pretty pessimistic. That's your opinion, person who wrote this that I'm not a fan of. Um, Wally trusts that this audience needs no coddling or hand-holding. The result is a masterpiece that manages to be both breathtakingly high-minded and hyper-simplistic all at once. I don't want to say much more about this, but um, if you haven't seen Wally, let me know, and I will schedule a week to uh, watch together. Maybe this week. Last week I watched Warrior, so maybe this week I'll watch Wally. Just work my way through the W's of really good movies. Number three, Inside Out. There are lots of Pixar movies that will make you cry. Inside Out, though, will eke out tears while making you consciously glad that you're sad. And I think that is kind of... Like, if I was raising a child around the age of four, that might be a little too young, depending on the kid, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and they were going through something this would be required viewing. Maybe even not. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe they don't have to be going through anything. It's just required viewing of like, here's an educational video that you don't know is teaching you things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it's okay to be sad. Right? Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it now and it's uh, the fir- thinking of the first time I watched it and how hard it hit. It's, yeah. uh, it's intense. It is in a great way. Number two, Spirited Away. I think I watched this in college. I don't remember. But oh, it's, it's fantastic. I just saw it, saw it recently at Cinespia, which in LA is, um, you know, a, a big outside yeah. movie going experience where you sit in a, in a, a cemetery and, and watch movies outside and drink wine. Um, and it, it held up. I hadn't seen it since it was in theaters and it's just, you're transported to this other world and it's, it's kind of scary and it's, kind of creepy um but it's it's a lot of fun and it's beautiful the animation is just beautiful wow yeah all right well that makes me want to go back to it let's hit to number one before we get out of here it is spider-man into the spider-verse they are saying of all the movies up to the point of writing this that had one best animated feature the number one movie of those winners is spider-man and i will say i disagree but i it's definitely part of the argument um, yeah, it is such a good, fun, adventurous, like heartfelt, diverse in 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 great ways movie that uh, anybody who hasn't seen it should. And the soundtrack slaps, baby. Into the Spider Verse has something for everyone. Superhero fans can enjoy a web slinging Spidey story that looks like it's straight out of the comic book. Seriously, the movie's animation style looks totally unlike anything else that's ever been done on the big screen, and the dazzling Ben Day dotted visuals are jaw-dropping achievement. A live-action movie could not do what Spider-Verse does. And I completely agree. Um, 
it's just a great it's like what an animated movie should be and Nick Nicholas Cage crushes it as does every other <laughs> voice performer um, in this movie. So if you haven't seen Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, do, your, do yourself a favor, check out of the real world for a while and get into a new verse universe, if you will, because it's worth it. Um, yeah, yeah, I just think that's good. Did, was there any that you felt were in the wrong place big time, Noah? I felt like they did Shrek a little dirty. Like I, maybe I just have a soft spot for Shrek, but sure. they were really uh, kind of low on Shrek. I would agree. I think it has has uh, a bigger cultural impact uh, than than it was saying. I do. I like Wally a lot too. I feel like Wally should have been higher up as well and let it go. I, I'm basically where you're at. I Good. think. Yeah. I mean, Wally could be number one in my book, but I think it, it could have been even higher. What, the, what was it for? I don't know. Let us know yeah, what you think. Cool. Uh, I gave you all the information at the top of the show to reach out to us. What are your favorite animated movies? Were there any that you feel like should have won Best Picture and didn't? Or how did you feel about how GQ and the guy who likes, or girl who likes run on sentences, uh, ranked them? Tonight's episode of The Good Night Show is produced by Noah Eberhart. It was engineered and mixed by Brendan Lynch Solomon with production assistance from Ben Zyper and Lissa Rubin. The theme music was composed by Chad Bouchard and the artwork was created by CM Dugan. You can check out more of his work at cmdugan.com. If you enjoyed tonight's show, you can get more content at patreon.com slash thegoodnightshow. There you can sign up for The Good Night Show Weekend Edition as well as exclusive weekly episodes of some of our favorite topics. Plus, you can get a super cut of this entire week's worth of shows as well access to the entire back catalog of the hindsight podcast there are three patreon tiers available and the most comprehensive option is less than ten dollars a month the good night show is not part of any network so all proceeds go directly to the costs and people that keep this show on the air your support matters and is greatly appreciated one way to support uh, us and it's a big thing that you can do is rate and review and subscribe on itunes and tell everyone about this show thank you again for listening i'm daniel van kirk and remember no man is a failure who has friends good night